You are listening to the Brenton Thwaites Hour, presented by Exceptional Thieves. Well, it was nice meeting you, and once again, my apologies for being such a clumsy fool. I'm looking for a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow. You hear me? Nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? The risks I've taken to be here. Um, <laughs> what were you gonna ask? No, I haven't. <laughs> I've been watching Stranger Things nice. and stuff for this podcast. Stranger Things. Well, I saw The Suicide Squad. Oh, so did I. Yeah, what do you think? Yes. I think it's better than the last one. Yeah. It is, it's probably the most disgusting film I've ever seen, visually. The, the starfish? Just all of it. Yeah. Just Ripping somebody in half with your hands, rats everywhere, going inside an eyeball. I thought it was... Blowing faces off, literally. It's obviously better than the first one. I thought it... But everyone seems to have a sort of slavish admiration for it that I don't really share. I was pretty uninvested. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was very funny. And... There were um, moments of fun. Like, it was fun... But yeah. like, and there were moments of comedy, yeah. like the, um, are you smaller bullets? Um, and like, or like, yeah, but when you're showing off, um, it, that's not cool. Or like when you're showing off something is super dope. <sighs> Fuck. That's true. Like that, those little tiny bits, but they're clearly just made up on the day. That, yeah. And just, I, I just didn't think the comedic timing of them really worked for me. None of it was really given the, the space or the. Like the timing to really sort of play out properly, and everyone had like a really lame and unnecessary backstory, just really artificially inserted into certain scenes. I, th I like unpopular opinion. Mm -hmm. I think Harley Quinn needs the Joker, like in her environment somewhere, because on her own, I just don't really know what she's doing or what her what her deal is. I think for Harley Quinn, um, the Birds of Prey movie was fine, but it's not it's not really a movie about her getting over uh, an abusive relationship. It's just a movie about her being active. like hmm. what that, still good. What her it's still but good, just kind her, of stuff happening. Yeah, her character needed or needs, and I think that's what the original Aya cut or Aya cut of the Suicide Squad was supposed to be showing that the Joker and Harley Quinn's relationship is mega abusive mm. and having him be the villain of that relationship, which is necessary for Harley Quinn to become what she is in, in the Suicide Squad. So if she's yeah. had that previously to grow into this, this makes sense mm. as to be, she's a person of her own now and hates the Joker and understandably, cause he's a terrible fucking person. Um, so making, but, but she's also meant to be a terrible person. They're all terrible as people. well. But no one's as bad as the Joker. Mm. I kind of, I only realized sort of halfway through the Suicide Squad that it was being done in that sort of exploitation movie style. Yep. Kind of like Machete. As soon as because the first it, scene happened, I knew it. Well, like, I, like, I don't okay, think it's, cool, it's that, ex I don't think it's that explicit earlier on. Because like all the, all the prison stuff is very sort of visually similar to the first. Mm-hmm. Movie, and then I realized, oh, we're doing this exploitation style, and that's okay, okay, but 
yeah, it just doesn't hang together for me. But I do think every five years we should remake Suicide Squad just in different with different aesthetics. I think so too. We've had the David Ayer one. We've had yeah, this. James Gunn. We've had this the exploitation aesthetic. We'll do a Wes Anderson. I would love a Wes Anderson superhero film. Yeah, I, I want to. We'll do a a Michael Bay Suicide Squad. No, just same story every time. Doesn't have to be Michael Bay. It's Michael Bay style. Lots of lens flare. Lots of orange and blue. Lots of shots that just circle people for no reason. Lots of circling a shots. A pointless thirty-minute-long chase scene. And you turn it into a joke where the camera just keeps going, and they just start having a dialogue scene. I don't about something innocuous. Why there is such a religious um, infatuation with the DCEU being okay. Like, because they've been so terrible, like, a lot of their movies have just been not good. Mm. The fact that everyone, like, frothed over Zack Snyder's Justice League movie for so long and, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. It's not. It's four hours long. It's quite boring. Yeah. Like, there are moments that are cool. There are action sequences that are cool. But it's so long. And like it, that wouldn't have been released. That was that was clearly not mm. his original cut of a film. His original cut of a film would have been two and a half hours max. It would have mm. fit that little that little storyline, and it would have just been dark and moody. And that's fine. It would not have been as amazing as everyone says it was. And yeah. this is the same thing. It's just everyone is like, oh my god, DC is so much better than Marvel yeah. because they can be mean i guess or like we're bad guys but we blow people up and that whole montage of them spoiler alert like literally murdering people who are guerrilla freedom fighters Mm. so the good guys the whole montage of them just eviscerating them as soon as it started i'm like okay cool they're killing good guys now and we're gonna reveal at the end of this that they've just murdered 30 perfectly innocent people Mm. And then nothing comes of it. It's like, oh, we yeah. killed this person's family and friends. It's the way in which nothing ever comes of anything. Yeah. You know. I love Idris Elba. I love everyone in the film. I, I very much enjoyed seeing King Shark be dopey and, and, and tubby and run around and giggle. And that was fun. But it, yeah, it doesn't but f- mean anything for me personally. No. the I mean, you can have the joke of them killing killing good guys but have that have some consequence for the storyline yeah have them have, not be helped by any of the yeah good people now have, now they have other enemies as well have the leader whose people you've just murdered not get over it really quickly and uh-huh. just be in the rest of the movie because you're actually because immediately she says you'll tra- have my help because if you're trying to satirize because like for people things like like peace peacemaker especially mm. the comedian from watchman and you're trying to sort of satirize superheroes as you know, as they're as being sort of representatives of American uh, bravado and yes. and being ultimately ineffectual. But if they go around the world shooting places up and facing no consequences for it, and it's presented as just sort of funny, and then we move on, you're reinforcing that American attitude to the world of we can do whatever we want and it doesn't really matter as long as we're protecting American Yeah, interests. you're making a joke about it, but it's... You need to have Peacemaker not. go in being Peacemaker and fail because of his Peacemakeriness. Yeah. Well... And it's and it's presented as like some sort of twist at the end when that he's like a bad guy. Well, like, he's oh, well, he's like, been bad this whole yeah, time, painfully. Like the goodness of what can be Harley Quinn and the rat catcher and, and what's it called. 
if and I guess if we're getting into it, so I don't and I don't like Shark because he's a he's a great character, but he they've be, you've basically just inserted a character who codes as someone with some kind of intellectual impairment. Yep. who just stumbles around an action movie context not knowing what's happening and getting hurt mm-hmm. and laughed at and that's all that ever happens to him. Yep, there's no character development. There's no development, him. there's no redemption. The rat girl is friendly to him, but that doesn't cause anything to happen down the line. It just seems that she is seems to have... It's even worse that she gives so little of a shit about what's happening to him later as he just gets absolutely brutalized over and over again for no result. And if we're getting into it, yeah, and if we're getting into it, and we will move on in a minute, <laughs> the, they win at the end against the, the alien that... The alien's thing is it takes over people's minds and forces them to do things they don't want to do, and that's bad. And you need people who are rough, you know... Um, rugged individualists like the Suicide Squad to turn against him and and win. And they defeat him by Ratcatcher taking over the minds of millions of rats and forcing them to die in the course of just like eating him to death. Like all those rats diving in. I know the one with the little waistcoat on lives, but lots of those rats are dying and they're not choosing to do it. She has control over their minds. So it's only by... Just recreating the the, the terrible system of Starro on a lower level with creatures that we can't engage with because we're more powerful than them, that they're able to ex- succeed. Yeah. And they don't really seem to have much of an appreciation of that. And of the sacrifice that these rats have unwillingly made. Yeah, she's, she's not friends with the rats, so they're not helping them because they get what's going on. They explicitly say she can control rats. Yeah. So With a, with a light bulb torch. So that's... No good. One line I did like is that when Starro dies, he said, I was perfectly happy floating in space on my own. Yeah. That's a cool line. And that's like, oh, well, yeah, you didn't need to be here. Humans are terrible. Yeah. But it just seems a bit weird that he's saying the city is mine. Yeah, it's weird that he he goes on this rant about, I am now all powerful, the city is mine. And then he, as he's dying, he's like, look, I was perfectly fine in space. Yeah. I guess maybe he can't get back into space. but Strange change of pace what do you think it means that shrek and han solo have the same outfit i guess it just means that like grumpy outsiders wear vests maybe then who is chewbacca because the donkey is not chewy gingerbread man Hmm. well there's something here hello everyone welcome to exceptional thieves this is a podcast where isaac and i review and rewrite movies i'm sam i'm han solo and this is the latest episode of our very special series the brenton thwaites hour where we are presenting the world's first brenton thwaites appreciation podcast exploring all of his movies movies by movie by movie to decide which is our most favorite and try to figure out what's in the future for brenton the degree of difficulty people have with Brenton Thwaites' name, it's starting to make me feel a bit crazy. As in you found more it ha- examples the Multiple of articles. I've listened to podcasts. People are like, Thwaites? Is that, is that how you say it? How else could you say it? What is the potential alternate pronunciation of Thwaites? Thwaites. 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 Yeah. Thwaites. It's so... Thwaites. I think it's just people who just need something to say. I think it's because he has a cool surname. That no one else has. It's a made-up surname. And they've... Yeah, yeah. He made it up. Yeah. He has a a made-up surname. People are like, 
He's like, I need an actor I name. I had a made up surname. Yeah, and I think people hear it annoys me because I think people see it and they just feel the need to comment on it, but they don't have anything to say, so they pretend they don't know how to pronounce it. That's my theory. That is probably very true. Most of life is people just desperately trying to fill the silence. So today, hmm? Benadryl Cumberbun. It's exactly the same thing. He's got an interesting surname and a first name. Well, I think, and so, but they, they, but it's not enough syllables in Thwaites, the one syllable word. To do a cabbage patch with. Well, I think with with genuflect clamberflatch. Yeah. There at least is something to do there. There's a joke there. There is a joke that you can do, and you and know who you're talking about, no matter and what it, you say. Yeah, and it's an and it's a but bottomless not, well. And you're not mispronouncing the word thwaites for jokes, like for comedy, for comedic purpose. You're just mm. saying humberflube. Yeah. <laughs> And you just need three syllables, don't you? <laughs> and everyone knows. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Cool. Cigarette Hunderdont. <laughs> Cigarette. <laughs> yeah. But today we are talking about Son of a Gun. 2014's Son of a Gun. Once again, starring Brenton Thwaites. We, we are finally up after five movies at the end of 2014 for Brenton. He had a good year. What a year. And he's finishing it off with a banger starring opposite Ewan McGregor in Son of a Gun, an Australian film. Our first our first Australian, properly, properly Australian movie since Charge Over You. No, since Save Your Legs. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. First Australian movie since the previous year where we did Save Your Legs. <laughs> I have a feeling, though, this was probably filmed before... At least one of the others. Maybe. Directed by uh, Julius Avery. also So written and directed by Julius Avery. Also director of Overlord. Did you see that? I have seen that. Did you like that? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I loved it. I didn't. I thought it was great. It's a great premise and a cool story, but I don't think it was done as well as I wanted it to. It wasn't scary. Oh. Uh, no, no, it wasn't that scary. But yeah. I, I just thought it's. A, I thought this is a great war movie story mm. with horror elements put into it. I wanted. And I it wanted works a as, horror movie mm. set during the war. I think it works. It works as a war movie, and then there's some horror on top. Mm. So I was okay with that. And you got White Russell in it. It does have White Russell. You know, White Russell is a great name for the new evil Captain America. White Russell is a great name for the new Kurt Russell. Yeah, <laughs> true that as well. Mate. He needs his own Escape from New York series and we'll be happy. I don't know if we've done this, but my current hot take is they shouldn't have done Falcon of the Winter Soldier. They should have just done a series about the new evil Captain America with cameos from those two dudes. That's a strange hot take, but sure. Because there's, there's so much more going on with that character than the other two. And it was a real I just swing for the it, fence to get them to hold up that series. I don't think it needed to be a series. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier could have been a movie of its own that introduced... Him, and then yeah. he gets his own movie. Called New Evil Captain America. Called New Evil Captain America. New yeah. Slightly Evil Captain America. No, it's called Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it better. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Peacemaker. Two Fuck you, Suicide Squad. That's what it's called. Not just one. So this is a movie. <laughs> it's an Australian. <laughs> Fuck you, DC. We better. Yeah. They could do that, and no one would mind. This is a movie... It's, an, it's a gritty Australian crime drama, you could probably say, couldn't you? Like the castle. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's that's a gritty Australian legal drama. Oh, this shit. is a gritty Australian crime drama. And look, I'm most look, gritty Australian films are crime dramas. And most Australian crime dramas are gritty. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's look, how it works. Look, we're a gritty nation. Did you <laughs> a lot of dirt around from from the from the get go? Yeah. Do you like Son of a Gun? Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 I saw. I was all over this when it came out. This is one I've seen before. Okay. And uh, you know. It's not going to be my favorite movie ever, but there's a, I think there's a, there's a lot to like here. But I'm predisposed because I, I like gritty, gritty crime. Uh-huh. I like crime when it's as, gritty. When, it, when it's gritty, when it's crime presented as a manifestation of poverty and desperation, the basically. Yeah. Even, even when there's lots of money at stake, showing how like, characterologically it's not just like meanies doing crime. So a little bit more complex than that. And I love like Australiana in in movies so there's other like sort of like like bleak australian crimey movies like animal kingdom Mm -hmm. snowtown Mm -hmm. the rover Mm -hmm. that i just love that aesthetic so i this this film could have been a lot worse and i'd have still liked it probably and i love ewan mcgregor and obviously i love the one and only bt so did you like this movie uh yeah yeah, Did I don't you? think it's the best Australian gritty crime drama I've ever seen. It's not the best. Look, stiff competition. Um, it's it's not. It, I think it could have been a better film. Yeah, but well, I do like it. I do. That's like true it. for everything, especially for us, because we we'll we'll find because well, we floor. know so much about film. Because we know so much about film, and we care so much about film, and we've made so many films. And yeah, exactly because of all our film experience. Exactly, Isaac, that's why it's because so of our film experience, our wealth of industry experience, and also because we can never just like let something be. We will always find something to <laughs> to recommend. <laughs> we've always got notes. Um. I think Ewan McGregor's a great choice for this. I'd love to know how that happened. Because this, Ewan like, McGregor was just in Australia at the time. Like, yeah, and was just like, yeah, because you know, it'd be great. There's nothing Don't Scottish about this character. Accent, no, though. I love it. It's so great. He's just Scottish Ewan McGregor in Australia. Don't even worry about it, mate. Yeah, but he's public enemy numero uno. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. Brenton plays a character whose name is not mentioned for a very long time. His name is Jesse Ryan. JR, JR, which could have just been Junior, yeah. but they needed to give him names for some reason. Yeah, JR White, and look, which really light on his his backstory, his deal, what's what's going on with him, and I actually like that. Sometimes I like when when movies don't sort of heavily layer all that stuff in. Because like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't tell you what he's done or why he did it. Yeah, you're just clearly shown that this is a youthful person mm. who's been sentenced to six months in prison for yeah. doing something, and it's clear that he's just in a hard, he's having a bit of a hard time. And you just learn about the character through what they do, yeah. rather than being like, "Oh, my dad was mean" or something. Yeah, later on he relates he's had a shitty relationship with his family, so he can't go home. Yeah, it's but you just, just you just need like like a, I think a light touch with that stuff sometimes. It's so much better. A light touch and you it, no exposition. No, and I just see because for me all that stuff that's expressed through the vibe and the cinematography. You know, yes, like what's going on for that character internally is sort of reflected in the world around them and their context, rather than having to be like. Well, my dad was mean, and then we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, like, we don't even know why he's in prison. 
No, we're not told. We don't know what he did, but he's in prison for six months, whatever. Yep. And I like that. We assume petty crime. Yeah, petty crime of some kind. You know, and just like real petty. Like someone's real, done something and you're real petty about it. So yeah. crime. It's, just the, it's, it's that kind of crime where you do it to someone that are like, oh, come on. Exactly. That's a bit. That's a bit petty. Like you could have just let that go. It's like petty officer crime. Yeah. You know, like the, the, shitty, the shitty version of Navy. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, yeah, petty is like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's like free-falling, like Tom Petty crime. What? I'm just, I'm just trying to use the word petty. <laughs> but yeah, he's done something. We don't know he's what it is. He's done something. And he's in prison. And he's been processed into the prison. But First the thing. people at prison, like the, the yeah. guards, are quite pleasant to him. Yeah. Li- little, I loved that. Little accents like that, I think, would make this stand out. Like the dude, out. just checking him in, just... Behave yourself. You'll be out in three if you if you're good. It just holds back from some of those cliched things that a lazier film would have done. Yeah. Like it doesn't do that. The it fa- doesn't make any of the guards beat him up on his way in or anything like. No, that. No, the fact that he doesn't get his head shaved immediately as he comes in, he's getting it done a little bit later by some lady. Yeah, who's who's not a who's prison guard. Like foreseeably, once a week, a woman can come to do we haircuts have, at the prison. We have this middle-aged lady come in and do people's haircuts, and yeah. she's shaving his head. Just that just made the world feel a bit more real and yes. earthy, which I think helps the film a lot, given some of the pretty bonkers stuff that happens later in the plot. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems like what prison is like. The fact that they're wearing green, yeah, little things like and that, t-shirts and singlets and stuff. They're not wearing a uniform; they're just wearing. Yeah, clothes that are clearly given to them, and so he immediately meets Ewan McGregor in in prison. Who plays what is it? He's Brendan Lynch. Brendan Lynch, Australia's public enemy number one, and he's a notorious armed robber. Yeah, Brendan Lynch, great name, great name for an Australian criminal. Great Australian name. <laughs> having having said everything I just said about how good the lack of backstory is, Brendan says to him, "Oh, I've heard about you. I read about you. You," oh, yeah. and he's like. You shut up, mate. Don't even don't even say anything. <laughs> I th- would like to know a little bit more about what, what he's notorious for. Because one of the things I think we are lacking is a little... I need a little bit more about what Brendan's deal is and to tell me what his motivation is and what he's hoping to get out of these situations he ends up in. Why Brenton has read about him. If you're yeah. just doing petty crime, you get caught once and yeah. you go to prison for six months. You're not the kind of person who reads fan books about crimes. Yeah, well, I guess it's been or like in, in the, the kind paper of dude who just something. reads the paper. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like it adds it adds a layer of context maybe to Brenton's character that he's read an article or seen the news mm. about Brendan Lynch, but I wouldn't remember that. Like I've read articles about people doing stupid, crazy shit, but no, people like, have the same names. Yeah, unless yeah, it kind of implies that Brenton's that that. A A J A R J R J R is like a crime fan. Yeah, it <laughs> and gives this that is like little, a, that oh, taste. Yeah, I'm I'm super into crime, and you're someone who I've you know I've been emulating for a <laughs> yeah, while. I've got your I've got your collector card. At yeah, home. <laughs> I was trying to do one of your heists. Yeah, because you've I'm, inspired my petty crime life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just petty at the moment, but I'm, I'm hoping just, to I'm hoping to evolve to prison evolve. break. So I think because I'm not I'm not super clear on what. A, obviously what Bren, Brendan did, but why he doesn't want Brendan to talk about it yeah. in the prison. Like, no one's no one in here. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not sure how he feels about being in prison or about going back right at the end. Spoilers for Son of a Gun. How he... 
Because he's clearly yeah, feeling something we then. We, we don't get um, anybody's backstory, really. The only person's backstory we really get is maybe Alicia Vikander. Yeah, and and I'm not needing lots of explanation of backstory, more just explain, just enough to explain motivations. Yeah. But anyway, they start talking about chess. So first theme of chess and tactical moves, and Brenton's revealing himself as someone who know, is good at chess and can plan several moves ahead. And we're shown that uh, Ewan is playing a game of correspondence chess. Yeah. Which seems boring as fuck. You Imagine must, you would have to really love chess. Making a move and sending a letter. <laughs> yeah. And you wait. It would oh. take, you can't even text your friend. It's not even via an app. Because yeah, you're in prison. You've got to wait for mail to get in and out of a prison. <laughs> Imagine that shit. Waiting three days at least. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like ten days later, you make a move. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh damn it. But you send your checkmate move. Wait a week for the letter to come back that just says fuck. Talk about delayed gratification. Oh, no. <laughs> You've won for a week before they know. That seems pointless and stupid. Um, I will never understand correspondence chess. <laughs> and I and you'll stand by that. I will never budge on my dislike of correspondence chess. I don't know if that's what it's called. Imagine playing correspondence solitaire. <laughs> yeah, it takes your whole life. No one wins. <laughs> the oceans rise before I'm you get to, to the think end of a game it. that would work via correspondence. I I used to work with a guy who played Dungeons and Dragons since the seventies when it was made. Mm. He's an old man now. Um, and he'd been playing a game of correspondence Dungeons and Dragons when when the internet first became a thing and you mm-hmm. were able to send messages. So this is like late 80s, early 90s when you were able to do this and they were playing, you'd send each other like a little fax. So like a phrase would come out of what your character would do next mm-hmm. and you'd get that. And then a few days later, you'd get a fax back from the dungeon master saying, this is what happened. And then they'd send their fax back and it'd be, I'd like to do this. Is this game they, still going? No, I think they finished that one, but I think eventually they were able to play together. But could you imagine how boring that would be? You would have to love Dungeons and Dragons oh, so much. Imagine keeping a list of all of this shit and having to like wait a few days and then read it again. Okay, this is what happened last. Imagine that. Yeah. Because D&D, you like, roll... You can play a game where you roll all the time, but could you imagine being in combat in D&D and you swing and then you have to wait a week to find out if your little swing has hurt, yeah. hurt the bad guy? Well, I would have thought a lot of the, the the pleasure of Dungeons and Dragons is the drama of storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the you're really bleaching a lot of that drama out by slowing by it down to correspondence. Yeah, you're re- it's really more about the correspondence at that point, isn't it? You're, really, is. you're more into the little fax like messages. you're having a pen pal, but you're not even talking about your lives. You're just like sending a shitty message that in this, means nothing. Imagine if one of those letters gets lost. In this setting, Dungeons & Dragons is really just the vehicle for us to experiment with little electronic faxes. <laughs> anyway. Back to the story. He's in prison. There are meanies in the prison who are sexually assaulting people. Sexually assaulting JR's... Uh, roommate, prison roommate Ben Cellmate Cellmate um, Not a roommate That's too friendly Yeah Cellmate Yeah <laughs> Ben gets pretty desperate He sharpens a shiv 
to try and protect himself. Brenton tries to help him out by like getting into a fight with him on purpose when the baddies come over. Uh, his roommate ultimately uh, dies by suicide. And so then they're going to attack Brenton, and this is all pretty grim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Ewan McGregor saves him from... Ewan them. McGregor and his cronies. And his cronies. His cool cronies. Yeah. Beat the fucking living shit out of Dave and his and his friends. And, and then they, they throw Dave off a balcony just, and murder him. Just drop him right on his head. And I like that Ewan McGregor is saying, I can help you with this, but it will... It will cost you. I will not get away with it. It will add a lot to my sentence. Mm-hmm. So when I escape, I'm going to need you to help me on the outside. And, and Brenton does, like, JR is not shown agreeing with this at all. It's just they help out when it gets too bad. Yeah, but it's it's also, it, it does a good job of showing that, like, well, what the fuck do you do? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I guess I will. But to be honest, if I was in that situation and a known bank robber said, I'm going to need you to help me on the outside, I would expect to be helping with some bank robberies. I wouldn't expect to be hijacking a helicopter <laughs> with an automatic you're going to get an automatic yeah, machine you gun you'd, you'd expect and you're going to, to hijack like a helicopter over Sydney the driver in a bank robbery yeah, yeah I'll be your getaway driver next time you do a bank am robbery am I doing this by myself yes all, all you're doing it entirely by yourself oh it's in Perth by the way okay yeah fair enough that's why it's all so low energy it, that's why it's also different Australia. It like is it's different a, Australia. It, it's clearly it? Australia, but, but it's different Australia because yeah. it's Perth. The and sun you don't looks see different. Perth very often. You don't, do you? Because why would you? Exactly. It's great. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good example of that classic story of just showing how you get embroiled in the system. Mm. You know, by and these each... dudes murdering a motherfucker who was about to rape you. Yeah, because and now you you're are indebted to them. You're being minced through the one system of the of the of the carceral system, and so the negative effects of that is that you get ultimately more criminalized, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just a good, it's, I like it. It's showing showing how people end up in extreme situations by smaller, more rational decisions. Yeah, and not doing it in in like a like obvious way. Mm. It's not like oh now now I have to do this. He doesn't spend a moment being like now I'm forced to do this. There's no him sitting there being like I don't want to do this, but I'm being forced to. Yeah, because Burnton's character is very silent a lot of the time. Yeah, and I love a good silent movie character. I love a good Brenton movie. I can character. get in. I can get into it. It's got that kind of drive thing going yeah. on. Mm. So so this I would say this is a really interesting new acting challenge for Brenton because he hasn't he's playing he hasn't played someone really who's poor like yep. a, a poor desperate person who's obviously not very good at talking and expressing himself he has great hair at the start and then it gets shaved yeah he has maleficent hair at the start yeah he's and probably fresh off shaved. that maleficent shoot <laughs> yeah um so i think you know that's a really that's a really diff- different challenge to try to portray a lot without a lot of lines to say necessarily buy his haircuts it's like he's gone from maleficent to this because it yep. gets cut in this, and then from this to the signal. Yep, you and, go from this to the signal, and then the signal to what did we watch last week? The giver, because the giver is like yeah. a little bit longer than the signal. Yeah, so it's like he's okay. slowly growing it through things. He works yeah. on a oh. movie for a couple of couple of months, and tough tough hair year for Brenton. <laughs> but we, you know, we will continue to develop our Brenton hair timeline. We will, um, we will. It's an important we'll part put it up of, online. of the appreciation. At the moment, all we can really say is Maleficent was probably first, unless it's a wig. <laughs> So we don't really, we're, we're running on fumes, to be honest, in terms of the amount of information we have. Uh, and 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 they're setting up all the chess metaphors of like no half measures. You've got to make big moves in life, etc. Yep. Um, 
six months later, boom, he's out. And yeah, he I like goes, that. It goes straight from the murder to be like, okay, mm. you got to help me, obviously. And then straight away, we don't have to we don't have to see a montage of them being friends or anything. Yeah. It's just he's out six months later, mm-hmm. and he goes in to meet the the crime lord, I guess. Yeah, Sam. Perth's big crime lord, yeah. Sam. Yeah. Who? What um, a name for yeah. a crime lord. Pretty in Perth. Pretty intimidating. <laughs> and I thought this. I thought I wanted a bit more from this character throughout the plot. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think. I mean, the other there's like the father and son theme. Of Brenton to Ewan, and I feel like this guy he needed a plays fa- like a, hist- a historically a father figure to Ewan McGregor yeah. that Ewan then has well, to kill later the, on. The um the 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 nephew of Sam, the Josh guy, who's a yeah. dickhead. Absolutely. I think if it was you'd see Ewan McGregor and Brenton's little father son thing, and seeing a Sam and Josh father son thing like mm. a parallel, but yeah. clearly a negative parallel on one side. But we don't get that. Mm, yeah, he's, he's a good actor. He's fine, but like he's he's in relationship to Alicia Vikander and to everybody, but he's just quite minimally in the film. Yeah, and so I think fleshing that out a bit more. But you know, it's 109 minutes. It is already, and um, then we meet Alicia Vikander. Yeah, so he refers to Brenton as the sacrificial lamb. There's lots of that sort of stuff going on. Uh, Brenton gets his sick apartment and so nice yeah and just and again just making it completely reasonable what he's doing like you walk out of prison and you walk into that apartment you get a gun people are being nice to you alicia vikander comes around and is kind of nice to you you're like i'm definitely making the right moves here (laughs) this is what am i going to do go logical right am i going to go and get centrelink and work at a petrol station or something (laughs) no because even if I try to do that, you and McGregor will find me and kill me. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> stuck in this in this nice apartment. And yeah, Lizzie Vikander turns up. So she's like just about to explode, I think, with the Danish uh, the Danish girl. Yeah, and something and start winning her this awards is and just, stuff. Just pre fame, Lizzie Vikander. Yes, pre pre real fame. Still great, Lizzie Vikander content. Yeah, again, for anyone's Lizzie Vikander appreciation podcast. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Viewing Vikander. Can- this candidly- is called Hot Takes Can- with Alicia Vikander. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Podcast. <laughs> All about Alicia Vikander. <laughs> um, yeah. And she's great. Another interesting turn up for this Australian gritty crime awesome, drama. I know, it's right? It's, it's just, yeah. imagine casting your net around and just finding Alicia Vikander I, to come to Australia to make this look, film. As someone who doesn't work in movies, that's one of the things that fascinates me the most is just how the people come together. Mm. How did they get Ewan? How did they get Vikander? And like, Well, it's all just relationships between agents and um, casting agencies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if, you're, if so, you're casting agency... That's what we're going to ask Brenton when we get him on the pod. We have to. And we're like... But explain if, explain if this to me. a casting agent working for your film has a relationship from doing something else elsewhere around the world. I guess it is a lot of who you know in it. Yeah. Mm. That's that's the whole industry. He goes to get a big gun from Wilson, who's played by Charles Manson. <laughs> Australia's Australia. Charles Manson. He is Australia's Charles Manson. <laughs> He's Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and also in Mindhunter. Yeah, he is too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted more of him. Yeah? Yeah. And so he gets the guns and they're like, like the training in the, they're basically out in the outback. And um, 
and Wilson has that little head 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 scarf on, and they're saying it's different when you're shooting at real people, and just a little implication that he's got some sort of military or paramilitary background. Background of some sort. I like yeah. little, little things like that, and I've, yeah, should have he yeah. like he should have been in the gold heist. Or Nothing something. explicitly stated, and then they just go shooting big ass motherfucking guns. Yeah, like huge guns, mm. and it's like. We're not meant to believe that Brenton has ever fired a gun before. No. Even though he's quite capable at handling them. But JR is just out at a shooting range in the middle of nowhere, firing massive rifles. Yeah, and RPGs. It's badass. (laughs) And this is our, I I think this is our first uh, Brenton with a gun. Um, Does he hold one in signal? Oculus? No, I don't think so. The dad has a gun. Yeah. No, Brenton shoots his dad. Oh yeah, but Child Brenton. Yeah, well, the character. This is this is our first real. This is our gun first stuff, as action they call movie, it. Brenton. Well, yes, the first first Brenton in real action sequences. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it looks good with a gun. Looks natural. I, I like. I'd be scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> Are there people that could point a gun at you and you wouldn't be scared? Like, nah. Nah, probably not. Not even. Guns are pretty um. Yeah. Because either they look Guns like... Guns are a yes or a no. <laughs> <laughs> Definite yes. Because either they look like someone is going to shoot you or they look like someone that shouldn't be holding a gun and that's also pretty scary. <laughs> so there's a, there's a couple of cool ideas that they that sort of move, move this plot along. And one of them is they get Brenton to hijack a helicopter yep. and... And they and pick up Ewan and his mate into from the prison, the prison yard and sit in that helicopter firing a massive M16 like a huge gun for a very long time and yeah. seemingly killing no police officers. Well, I like that in this I think that there's quite a they're shown quite explicitly firing guns not to murder people yeah. but just to get people to back off. It's quite you, quite good. I think yeah, the, obviously Brenton does not want to kill people. Yeah, and neither does Ewan McGregor. Like the mm. characters aren't monsters; they're shown to have quite a complex ethical system of what they will and will not tolerate. Because yeah. you'll definitely murder someone who rapes people, but you yeah. don't murder police officers. Yeah, unless you really have to, I guess. Mm. <laughs> like they're they're, they're still going to escape by murdering people, but if they can avoid it, they will. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What did you think about the helicopter escape sequence? I thought it was fine. I I, I thought it was good. It wasn't over the top at all. It wasn't yeah. like stylized in any way. No. It was just matter of fact happening, yeah. which I, th- I think happens a lot in Australian filmmaking. Mm. Nothing yeah. in Australian filmmaking it's is n- overly stylized. No. It's just, yep, this is happening. And it's just, it seems more realistic. Yeah, because it's on. It's factually quite extreme yes. what's happening. But because the rest of the movie is so grounded, it... Mm. Just, well, because it, the way it they plays. handle it is it, to- so it, it plays tonally the whole time mm. as well. Yeah. The response of the guards like, plays just no, about reasonable the, enough. Yeah, and there's no like massive fight sequence between them and the guards inside the prison to get to the thing to get out. They just yeah. they make it there. Because yeah. they've obviously planned this beforehand. Well it shows you just enough detail of overly secure. Yeah. Like they're not overly like Worried about people breaking out all the time. Yeah, it shows just enough detail about what they do to get out to the prison yard mm. that you just you just about buy it. Yeah, and and so why why wouldn't it work? I presume surely you've got to go through a metal detector or something to get on the helicopter, even uh, if you've just hired it for fun. Surely they check your bag. Uh, yeah, well, it would depend on where your scenic tours are going from. 
Yeah. And surely the yard, does the yard have like netting or something over it? No. But prison yards probably don't. I reckon they. I reckon they would. I hope they do. Because people would be well, after this movie comes out. People would be throwing stuff in, throwing stuff oh, you'd out. Have, you'd have a fence, and then you'd have a, a yard, and then the wall, and then the yard. So like, you yeah. can't throw things in. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, like it's not just the sidewalk outside yeah. that wall. <laughs> Surely there's some sort of tracker on that helicopter as well. So like, they'd know where they're landing. They would definitely. Which is why I think they land in the middle of a field, and there's already a car parked. Yeah. So they land in the middle of nowhere. Which I like. Anytime they got out in the outback, I was really enjoying it. Mm. Um, and they're and they're off and they're free. And yeah, so they find out their mate they escaped with was in prison for rape, and he had lied about that. Yeah. So he and that just, comes over on the radio. Just yeah. Like these people they're have hearing about themselves on the radio. These are what they did. You and did that. Ewan just beats his face in with a gun, and then like they've like gotten takeaway food. They find this out. He pulls him out, beats his face in, and tells him to leave. And then sits down to eat his burger, like yeah, with the guy's blood on his hands. Just, yeah, so good. So there are lots of good character moments like that. So I guess you know you don't know the details of what Ewan's done in the past, but it is shown through his behaviour that he's, he's clearly know of. what he knows what he's doing. He's been doing this for mm, a while. Yeah. And um, then the three of them head back to Sam's place. Yeah. And I like like things like where like they're, they're in this nice apartment. They're like, what do you think? Like, it's no good. There's a single point of entry and it's too high to jump off the balcony. Like it, you bought him as having this real tactical knowledge of how yeah. to exist, which you needed because also he is also pretty lax a lot of the time. Like he's <laughs> just walking around the world, doesn't even get a haircut, just looking like himself when he's... Yeah. Even be- later on when they travel across the country... He yeah. still looks like there's that they they put a disguise on once, but it's not a face disguise. No, it's they just, just a hat and a suit. Yeah, they put they dress up as priests. Yeah, and for some reason catch a plane. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, um, but yeah. So if you just put enough like ingredients like that in, it makes the whole thing play. I always think people are drinking a lot of Peronis in this movie. Big big Peroni movie. I noticed that. Well, um, it's and he goes to see. Thing the mob boss and the mob boss is immediately like before we let any of the heat die down i want you to steal all this gold from a mine <laughs> yeah don't go lie low for six months or anything no definitely not you have to steal Get, this gold from yeah. a place that makes gold all the time yeah. And, yeah and like stealing gold from a gold mine good idea also not something you see happen no like, that's not a film trope. from the room where they pour the liquid gold out I know. that's a great idea and so it's still like, it's like quite extreme, but also very gritty because it's like a dirty mine. Believable. B- um, room, yeah. And they don't even make the mine look all pretty or anything like a high tech one. It's just, no, this is definitely what a mine looks like. Yeah. I love when they, they make. These dudes just wearing high vis. Yeah. Brendan has to climb through the air shaft and it's, and it's full of shit. It's shit. full of dirty oh, and just so asbestos and stuff. Probably. Yeah. It's not like a gleaming Mission Impossible vent that he's just like sliding through. That's cool. It's like it looks like a horrible place to have to spend three hours or whatever it is. Things like that are good. Like when he goes to, so there's there's the party. He's um, meeting Vicando a little bit more. Josh pushes him into the pool. He's a fuckwit and all coked up. And we learn that Jr. can't swim. See, just tells just tells you a lot about his Imagine background. Being Australian who can't swim. You don't yeah. meet many of those. Apparently, we all surf. Yeah. True, That's yeah. how it works. Must be must have been very difficult for Brenton to play a character who can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> really outside of his previous rage, because he's 
he's hardly been out of the water previously in his filmography. <laughs> the amount of s- swimming and surfing montages. standing in a bucket most, most scenes. Where yeah, he yeah, he's like Davy Jones. <laughs> but you know, it, it, but it tells you the kind of life he's had mm-hmm. and the amount of leisure time he hasn't had and the kind of places he's grown up in that they weren't, that he hasn't been, that he hasn't, like, you don't think about it because it's so common, but there is a certain amount of emotional and bandwidth and leisure time you need to learn how to swim throughout your childhood. Yeah. And some people don't have that. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And I like that he tells her later on that his dad just threw him off a boat once to try yeah. and teach him to swim and he died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, that was that was good as well. Uh, Vikanda asks for a lighter and he gets it for it and he's got the lighter is inside his packet of cigarettes. That's very realistic. Just makes it seem like he really does smoke. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Just little touches. Just little touches. Filmmaking. Yeah. Him and Vikanda get to start to like each other a bit more. They go out for Asian food. She teaches him how to use chopsticks. Um she teaches him incorrectly how to use chopsticks because yeah, how she teaches him would not work. No, but then Brenton knows how to use them, so he just starts using them. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, they're planning the heist. Him and Vikanda go down. They go. They go. They go in the ocean, presumably standing, and they hook up in the ocean. Mm, I don't know. Super hygienic. I don't know how much they're meant. Like you know, to what degree they're supposedly hooking up there. But I imagine sex in the ocean is quite difficult. Uh, difficult because be you one can't thing. get any purchase on anything, and there's waves. Like you just keep falling over. But also, yuck. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking about such a dynamic environment, as Luke Wilson tells us. <laughs> it's an ever-changing environment. It is, <laughs> and you're on a an immovable object. Yeah, <laughs> he's got an immovable object right there. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, Brenton. Sorry. We're adults here. We just appreciate your acting. But yeah, they have a nice moment of love in in the sea. And then she comes back to Sam Mm. and um, Sam asks if they kissed. And she said, no, I told him that would be too dangerous. Yeah. So it's revealed over time that Sam has told her to get close to Brenton to sort of spy on him. Yeah. But she is also genuinely liking him and wanting to get out of the, How could you not? the terrible life. She's well, part of the appreciation. Sam should have anticipated that. She'd be like, go and hang out with this, you know, one in a million chap. <laughs> and definitely don't develop any feelings or try and escape, okay? Good. So yeah, then they... her, her situation is quite bleak as well. Because mm. I think originally she was brought in as eye candy to sleep with Sam. And she's there now. But she can't leave even though she's not sleeping with Sam. Yeah, basically in a form of quasi-sexual slavery. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of fucked up. Cause, yeah, because oh, yeah, they, yeah, they say they'll, they'll get them a visa or something. And obviously yeah. that never actually happens, which is obviously horrifyingly common. Um, so then they go and do the, do the heist. They, they, they pull off a heist. I like the heist. They are given Josh, Sam's nephew, to accompany them. Who's an absolute loser. Who's basically that dickhead from... What I picture the character is, you know that guy in the Green Mile who puts the dry sponge on the guy's head? Um, no, but carry on. There's a In the Green Mile, there's one fucking guard mm-hmm. who's 
completely evil. Right. And every time there's one person in a film that's just a terrible person, all you do is think, yep, cool, that's Umbridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate those people. This this guy just kind of seems like an idiot. Yeah. He's and a, it makes he's Sam look stupid as well for saying he should go. I'm like, you definitely don't want this guy yeah. on your How very could, difficult highs. Could you imagine, like, your crime lord... But his, his, his sister goes, hey, can you give Josh a job, please? Yeah. He's, he's, he needs a job. He's all, he's all sad from all the cocaine he's done. Yes, I'll let my nephew go on this massive gold heist. Yeah. Which, like, it's amazing they get away with it. But I love that because they get into the room, they're in the thing, getting the stuff poured. They know how long it'll take for the thing to set. So they've got five minutes of chill time and they're holding these hostages. Josh shoots one of them in the leg. Um, mm. For no, he just says he was going for the door. Clearly, none of them were going for the just fucking door. Just kind of panics. So. Yeah, and then Ewan takes his gun off him, fucking beats him in the head with it. Yeah, reloads all the bullets out and gives him back an unloaded gun. Yes, that was a great detail. That's really cool because yeah. it's clear Ewan tr- McGregor knows how to use a shotgun and knows that your crew needs to have a weapon in their hand so they look yeah, intimidating. It's good that you look like you have a gun, but it's better for us that you can't fire it. Exactly. It's so... Yeah, like, little... just the, Oh, that's cool. It's... Uh, yeah. And it's not made to seem like he's like an action star or anything. He just unloads the gun, hands it back to him, goes back to what he was doing. Yeah. You you buy him as a very effective criminal. Yes. Because he's being very... He's like very just all, all about the mission. Mm-hmm. And he's... Like you, have, wouldn't, you wouldn't see him fighting John Wick, but you know that he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Brenton has Brenton's the only one with a funny mask. He has the monkey mask on. Yeah, I like that. He's, he's the, got a monkey he's the mon- mask. Yeah, and the other guy, Josh, is the whole the whole throughout the whole heist. The other guy's like, "Stop saying my name." He <laughs> said, <laughs> "Put your fucking mask back on, you dickhead." <laughs> so he takes his mask off when he gets hit in the face. Oh, so good. Um, they managed to get out into the escape car. Oh, so there's a scene where Which they get there. Which is like a Toyota they... Prado. It's literally just a souped-up mm. Prado. It's so great. And then it's car chase through through the outback. And, and like they're very lucky that town is there. Yes. Because I thought, oh, that's just going to be a straight road for 200 kilometers. You're ne- that's you're ne- how mines work. How are you gonna... They're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> how are you going to get away from them? But they managed to get into a town. And the, got a truck. the driver is really the hero of the situation and manages to oh, make all that. the cops crash. I love that they're just that there's that little scene earlier where he goes to meet with his driver friend and they mm. just show that this guy drives race cars. Yeah. So that's the getaway driver. It's just a dude who drives race cars. I mm. love that, that he's just got a relationship with this dude. Yeah. It's like, and he just does a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> and make all the cops crash. <laughs> so great. And the other guy, but the other guy does get shot mm. and bleeds out in the car. They get the they give they give the gold to Sam mistake, and Sam goes cool. You'll get your cut. I'll let yeah. you know where to pick it up. Yeah, I wouldn't have trusted him at all. No, and I when, love the shot of burning the car, and then down. I think I I love the shot of burning the car, but I don't know why they then pushed it whilst still burning into water because where, it looks cool, Isaac. It does look cool, but because it but looks Sam, cool. But, sorry, Brendan wouldn't do that. Brendan would burn it. Yeah. Wait for it to finish burning and get rid of all the evidence in there. Yeah. Then put it into water. Yeah, because the police find it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the next day on the news. So we found the car. Fuck. Oh, imagine that. Mm. Is it that they checked the only hole nearby? Yeah. (laughs) That's where you... Or like Mm. there was a cloud of smoke. 
yeah, massive cloud of smoke. <laughs> and then the cloud of smoke mine. went away from that unused hole in the ground. Yeah, it's great that they were allowed to do that, though. Yeah, it's cool. like, can we set a car on fire and tip it down this hip, uh, this massive cliff into this hole? Yeah, I well, guess. we're not using the hole anymore. Well, Just I mean, make sure you fish it out. Well, actually, don't even worry about it. It's not like we can pollute this environment any more than we have. We are a mine. We've 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 literally scooped the heart out of this land. And so now this bit's not usable anymore. To the point where, the, yeah, this is going to be a wasteland, <laughs> maybe for millennia. So you the, can really chuck you know whatever what? you want in. The, Put it in there. It's, it's probably going to help, actually. Do a, do a few takes. Do you have any other one? Like <laughs> they you don't, use the same mine to dump cars in for years. Yeah, films, you don't have so, to like slowly the mine fills up. Yeah. <laughs> with metal that we can then mine again in, in several thousand years. And that's the circle of life. Yeah, people just keep filming cars going. It becomes the new Wilhelm scream <laughs> that every movie, a car goes down into a mine shaft at some point. Um, yeah, it's okay. you don't have to get this in one. It's fine. But um, they burn the car. They're heading back towards their place of, of, of home that they found. And Alicia Vikander sends, sends him a text saying, Sam sold you out. Yeah. Don't go home. So they stop just outside instead where they yeah. can see it and there are cops everywhere. Yeah. And then they're on the run. Now, it's Son all fine, but I feel well. like the the plot that happens after the gold heist uh-huh. is when things get a little muddled. Uh-huh. Of I'm just I'm not really sure what the what the big narrative moves are that we're meant to be having. I think is the it a, the eventual reveal of an Ocean's Eleven type plant isn't big enough. No. So yeah, it does exactly an Ocean's Eleven flashback at a certain, right at the end yeah, to, to reveal show, that... Oh, there were plans. Well, tension has been growing between Brenton and Ewan. Understandably. Because Ewan is sort of being revealed to be kind of, kind of paranoid, but also I wouldn't trust AR in this situation. JR. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Brett, like I would, um, you Ewan know, is shown to be just a paranoid guy, and the only reason he survived is by being so paranoid. So it's quite a realistic thing for his character to be that way. Yeah, but it's like I don't know if it's if things aren't working out because he's paranoid, or if things are just weird now because it's just the two of them. Mm. You know, when, uh, what their relationship any, like, becomes sadness of his friend dying. Like, there's no, no. there's no like. M- it would have been cool to have a moment where. JR returns home with like groceries, takes off his mustache disguise. Yeah. And Ewan's just in the bathroom having a bit of a cry. And like, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. Because it'd be yeah. really nice to show that like human moment of I've lost an actual friend. Yeah. I guess I'm, one, I'm wondering whether Brendan, at this point where he's been betrayed by Sam, is he viewing this as all like par for the course stuff he's done before? No. Or is this the world he knew before he went into prison has now collapsed, and so the status quo he thought he was returning to is now gone? We don't get a moment. Why does Sam does sell him out? Sam. Yeah, exactly. It's, there isn't actually a reason, is there? No, Sam's super rich already. Why would he need to keep all of the gold? Yeah, and if he's got a long-standing relationship with you and Ewan hasn't betrayed him or anything, I mean, he nailed Josh in the face, but I feel like Sam should understand. Yeah. So And also... Because everyone I don't understands. Even everyone, I wanted to nail Josh in the face. Everyone should understand. You shot somebody for no fucking reason. So I just wasn't really sure how the characters were feeling at the moment. It was Brendan like, yeah, I was probably going to end up in this kind of a situation. It's okay. I'm going to get the girl. I'm going to get a boat and then I'll start up again somewhere else. 
what he's expecting from Brenton, what Brenton thought was going to happen. I basically wanted them to have like a what are we conversation <laughs> at some point, you know? Have it. It would be cool if, because they're in a hotel room sharing, it's a, a conversation that happens while they're both sleeping in separate beds. One yeah. Of falls over. Hey, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. up? You up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, Brendan. Are you awake? Yeah. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> yeah, because they fuck around. Um, Ewan is mean to. Uh, Alicia will mean Ewan beats Alicia with a hand across the face and is really sort of abusive. Things are things are deteriorating. Mm-hmm. They try to send a hitman to get to kill Ewan McGregor. He talks him into helping them, so they get the gold back, and then they're on the run with the gold, basically, which is incredibly lucky. That they have, they have to then, go to and then Melbourne right at the end, though. yeah, and then yeah. right at the end, once they've bought that, well, they've bought this boat. Ewan, Ewan McGregor sort of turns on Brenton, Brenton, but he's saying, look, I can't, obviously can't trust you because who can you trust, but I'm going to give you 350 grand and you can just leave. Brenton's like, sure, but I should be About half of 4 million is not 350 grand. So. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but I'm very good at chess, so therefore I'm good at maths. And I was in that fucking vent for ages. <laughs> so I really would like more than more than that. I did kind of think, well, yeah, you guys didn't do an equal amount. Like the whole thing was Ewan's idea. <laughs> Just quietly. But anyway. But he did break him out of prison. He did break him out of prison. He did do the, yeah. the helicopter thing. So that's risky. But yeah, I'm just I just wasn't sure if And they're both like whether, fully wanted. Whether Brenton had been anticipating this. Because when he when he when he when he turns him on the boat, I was kinda like, oh yeah, I guess everyone's kind of turning on everyone. Yeah, but there's not there's no there's no part of the film that shows that Brenton starts to suspect. Yeah. That Brendan is going mm. to turn on JR. Yeah. Like there's no scene where they have a fight that would then lead to the yeah. plan forming. I think if you had Brendan being more overtly nice to Brenton the whole time, so a little bit more explicitly manipulative. Yes. And then when it's rev- and so then it's sort of played as a twist when Ewan McGregor reveals that he's going to betray him at the end, and we're thinking, ah, yes, the twist I thought I, I we was obviously going to happen. Stupid film. Mm-hmm. And then the the second twist is Brenton's been one step ahead the whole time. There's been a plan. Yeah. For a couple of days. Yeah, and if that Ocean's Eleven flashback like went back to the prison. You know, yeah, to the mm, point where he was setting stuff up the whole the whole time. It'd have to go back to the prison because, like, crime father figure who you obviously can't trust because he's manipulating for his own reasons who betrays you. Taylor's all this time. The fact that Brenton then gets out because the and have the clues have been there the whole time. In a that little Brenton bit. just knows everything, and then have it be revealed that Brenton is Sam's son. Ooh, ooh. No, I hate Sam as a character. Yeah, there's just if don't... if the movie had been framed that. Brendan betrays Sam, revealing that that Jr. is Sam's son, and that would be a cool reveal. But yeah, I I, do, I think Sam just needs to be in the movie more, just from a thematic perspective. Like, yeah. need to make more out of his father son relationship with you and McGregor. Yeah, so, he so needs sort to of be more of an antagonist. Well, show that the things you you and McGregor is doing to Brenton were done to him in his turn. So again, Ewan McGregor isn't a monster, but he's just doing what he was taught. So, you know, like shit rolls downhill. Yeah. 
but then Brenton breaks the cycle and escapes with Elizabeth Vikander through his chess ability, I guess. He does. But yeah, we saw um, a nice little montage in which one moment of disguise also has Alicia Vikander in disguise there. What's like, her disguise? Is it sunglasses? Yeah, she's just elsewhere in the airport getting on a plane. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah, she's not on the run. She, she's, yeah. she's I guess she doesn't have a visa. Um, so yeah, and then it yeah. goes to the end where... Well, Ewan McGregor, the, the, Ewan McGregor gives the kind of th- supposed thesis statement of like bonobos versus chimpanzees. And yes. it's like there's two types of people and there's people who will fuck over anyone and there's people who are nice to each other, kind of. <laughs> and you need to and the people and you need to choose which one of these you are. And the people who are nice to each other, they're dying out as well, by the way. So make what you will of that. And <laughs> I get what it's I, I get what it's saying. It's a cool and metaphor. it's all fine. But also like bonobos are dying out because of deforestation, not because of their social practices, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> But like without the massive destabilizing X factor that is human industrialized human population explosion, <laughs> the style of bonobo social interaction is very functional, and they're not like it's not like the Spartan chimpanzees keep raiding through and destroying them. But I don't, I'm not expecting Brendan to be, you know, a big Attenborough buff, so that's fine. <laughs> you spend a lot of time in prison. What else mm. you got to watch? Off the basis of that, though. You know the other like little punch it's, it's needing then is have Brenton yeah Brenton supposedly a, a bonobo because he's because he has a genuine Heart. relationship <laughs> with someone, but also have him do something a bit more heartless at the end. So like you McGregor's taught him too well. You know, like have something like you don't have mm. that kill. Like not not super mean, but like, like have him give you an up to the police. Yeah, like fuck you. I I love the scene though of you and just in bleak pointless hiding in some shitty motel Just somewhere in his laundry in a carrier a bag super like grungy laundromat yeah puts his things in and then he just yeah. Gets turned in by a random stranger who recognizes him you gotta wash your clothes isn't you and he just walks out and gives up like that's a cool little scene yeah yeah i liked how kind of meaningless it all was mm. like an undramatic yeah you know, he just gives up and he's just like ah oh, mm, yeah okay but i was left wondering a little bit what he's feeling at that point i also like that she's reading a magazine not yeah. a newspaper yeah it's like she's reading new like idea a, yeah or like women's weekly and well, that's probably just, where brenton read about him originally <laughs> just a write-up about this criminal yeah. It's just Dude. funny to imagine that Brendan has like a real public profile, <laughs> but there's multiple <laughs> and still manages to stay on the run for so long. Yeah, and there's multiple big like magazine spreads about him in the past and still yeah, now. Yeah, and they have photos of him with photos like, of him like on the beach. Photos. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I read about you. Yeah, you're. Yeah, he's like um, what's a famous criminal? Al Capone is a famous criminal. Al Capone. It was more sort of like Jack the. Oh, Ripper you want a famous criminal? Jeff Bezos. Hey. hey, bringing it back. You thought we weren't going to do Bezos bring it talk. Back. Oh. You thought you thought you were going to you, you escaped that Bezos talk last week, but not again. Because did you know that Jeff Bezos paid over something like a million dollars in parking fines while his Amazon studio or like offices in DC were being renovated? No, I didn't know so that. So basically, parking anywhere is legal if you're as rich as Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Cause yeah, we you got to take his license away at some point, don't you? You'd think so. But you'd have just, to take a lot of. Well, then he'll just go everywhere by spaceship. You hear the stuff he's been saying after he got off that thing? It's like you, you just you really realize how 
the earth is all one. <laughs> and just like the most basic, like a juvenile, like sophomore, you really realize how the world is all one. And we have to protect the earth. And and he literally said, and the way we need to protect it is by like getting all the pollution and stuff and putting that into space. And we need to, he wants to just, he basically just wants to generate a like a sci-fi futuristic underclass of amazon workers that live and work in space managing all the debris and refuse from our completely unchanged like earth industries in order to preserve the earth as a garden of eden for the people who can afford to stay here he he wants to do a reverse elysium is what he (laughs) wants to do and i think this whole thing is just like some big pr stunt to try and well, see, maybe Act the like plan is actually to put as much crap up there as we can to stop the aliens getting in. Look, I'd be more on board with that. Maybe that's maybe he saw something. They're like, "What's going on down on Earth?" I can't tell. There's too many f- old fridges and toasters in the way. <laughs> Still intact. There's too many single-use plastic bags. Doors open. <laughs> Six eggs still remaining in the little egg carton in the fridge. Frozen Indiana Jones. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the film ends with. Brendan getting arrested, awesome scene. And then he's in prison, hair's much longer. Brendan, not Brenton. Did I say Brenton? No, you said Brendan, but I wonder how much we've been confusing people okay. by swapping between Ewan char- McGregor's character, character and gets names. arrested. He's back in prison and he gets a postcard from JR just set, basically giving him a clue as to where his half of the money is because JR is a good person and he holds his word, mm. understandable. Yeah. And a picture as of a, a bonobo might. Exactly. And a picture of a pregnant Alicia Vikander basically saying, look, I'm having a good time. I'm a good person. Yeah. Good things happen to good people. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor smiles ruefully. Even though he knows he won't be out of prison literally anytime soon. Yeah. They're not letting him anywhere near that yard. (laughs) No. He's got to really come up with a good idea now. Also, whose body did he bury the money with? I don't know. I thought maybe they just chose a random grave. Well, he, which the, would be the smart the thing to do. Postcard said something like visit someone or other. Yeah. Jr. I don't know. Yeah. So look, it it could definitely be tightened up, and I think the character dynamics could be a little bit sharper and punchier. Yep. And I think I think the father son theme. Is very it's present, but a bit late, and it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, it's, it's not zhushed. shown that he's the son of a gun, and the uh, that you yeah. is the son of a different gun. Yeah, like the son that, of a gun. The father son theme is not the theme of the film. The no. chess is more of a theme than the father son thing, and the chess yeah. isn't even that much of a theme. The chess is more of a theme, but yeah, you need more more chess going, more more father son, more chess dynamics. plot, more father son, more chess plot. And like you need you need that Ocean's Eleven. Pay off zippity zappity. Oh, it all meant something, man. You if you at like an, an, a big, like real elaborate, like it's a pretty good thing they do. It's, it's a nice thing because it's a, it's, it's quite smart. a small film. Yeah, in in terms of scope, it's not huge. Yeah. So the little smartness that they have is the f- nice. But the the fact that the Ocean Elevenness only happens in this last sort of montagey part of the movie, where mm-hmm. there's lots of little bits. It it makes it feel a little bit more tacked onto the the story. If the it Ocean makes it feel like they thought about this first, and then they've made a film, and then didn't know how to make this part of the film too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it all it all it all works and is fine. 
but it is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Have the zippity zappity Ocean Eleven Z stuff happen happen from earlier? More chessiness. Zippity more... zappity. You're going back to prisony. Hey, and also <laughs> you put zippity zappity Ocean Eleven Z into a gritty Australian crime drama. Oof. That's that's pretty that's cool. The dream. Yeah, that's a that's something that's something fresh and different. Um, obviously, more Charles Manson. Bring him back into it. Put him on the heist. He have them go have back to him Charles for help. Manson at the should end. have been the Josh character. No, because I, I like that he's not a an idiot. Okay, he's just like cool. a he's just a wild man. And have him save them from something because he's like an honourable thief. Honour among yeah. thieves is a good thing to have in in your in your cr- gritty crime Australian yeah. thing. Yeah, but as you McGregor says, he didn't expect any honour amongst thieves. You never do. I just didn't expect you to be an absolute fuckhead about it. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't like. I didn't expect honour amongst thieves. I just thought like there was some kind of line. Where would you like to rank this one on our list? Before we finish, must be said, when you and McGregor knocks him into the water again and he can't swim. We have another entry into the pantheon of terrible movie CPR. Sorry, oh, you movie. Mean the side on the, the lying the, the side on lying sideways, just pushing, just beating him in the abdomen. Yeah. it's not even the chest. Yeah, that's how you get. That's it's, how you expel water. That's how you get the water. Maybe that's what they thought they were doing. I think that's because he spits out water and vomit, and then like, cool, it's not CPR. He's just got water and vomit in there. If I lie him this way, this is how I make somebody vomit. Bam. Medical. Hashtag. Yeah, I don't medical. think you can. If the water's in the lungs, you, I don't think it's good to like beat it out. No, you got to turn them upside down. Yeah. Yeah, and shake You're, them by the ankles. Yeah. Over the side of the boat. Yeah, and you get all until you get all their lunch money and stuff. <laughs> what he should have done is put the body in the boat that's being towed by the big boat, and then just drive really fast over some waves, so that his body's like flop it around. That's yeah. CPR right there. Just flop it around enough. Yeah. There's enough compression going on. You're good. Alternate ending. In the middle of their conversation, storm comes through. They wash up on an island. Oh no, there's panthers and stuff. Same. Brenton's got a knife. Sa- and there's they another. Still have sex. And there's another slightly younger Brenton <laughs> with a knife. Good film. It's all the same cinematic universe. Yeah, good film. Good so film. despite those things we've said, really strong set pieces, really strong characters, strong performances, good, interesting new performance by Brenton. First facial hair, I think. Yep. Hasn't that a mustache? So yet? let that be noted. Well, doesn't really have facial put that hair and up, anything put, else. Put that on the hair timeline. Brenton is a clean-shaven kind of guy. He's a smooth dude. Mm. So Suits that chiseled jaw. As people may or may not know, we don't score his movies. We rank them. Why would you? We're a ranking podcast where we <laughs> rank them all from our most favorite to our least preferred uh, this conversation is always shorter when we like the film. It's good to like films. Yeah, but it means when we, we don't like something, we spend so much longer talking about it and just like <laughs> being upset. Pretty snappy, but yeah. we do have to go as well. We so. do, we do. <laughs> um, um, so this is the ninth movie going on the list. Oof, we've done heaps already. So we'll go from starting from the bottom. Better Than, Charge Over You. Yep. Ride. Yep. Blue Lagoon. Yep. Save Your Legs. Yep. The Signal. Yep. The Giver. Yep. Oculus? No. Ooh. And so not Maleficent either. I don't think it's better than Maleficent. You think this is number three behind Maleficent and Oculus? What do you think? And Oculus. Well, it's hard because this is my sort of film much more than Maleficent. Well, then, you know, we can put it above Maleficent. 
But do you think it's a better film than Maleficent? I think the, I think this is better, Brenton. It's more and better, it's more Brenton. And better. So you've got to say that. Is this the best movie? Is this our favourite Brenton movie? Because it could be. I think it might be my favourite. Put it at the top. This is currently. I think this is the new. Until Gods of Egypt, obviously. Obviously. This is currently our favourite Brenton. Gods of Egypt, very much the Casino Royale of this (laughs) podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm happy to say that. And, you know, this is all all subjective. It is. But if if you ask Sam, of these movies, like Son of a Gun is the one I'd watch again. again. Straight away. But, But then the next one I'd watch again would be Oculus. Because oh, for me, it's Maleficent of the three. Well. But I, I like myself some Disney. Yeah. I love myself some Disney. And now the other, obviously... Um, the Obviously, the other <laughs> very important conversation we have to have is we don't just rank our favourite uh, Brendan Thwaites movie. We also say which of his characters would win in a fight. So, now, JR is the first one to have a notable weakness. JR cannot swim. Weakness. Yes, true. JR can use weaponry. Yeah, so he's yep, so he's got so he's got guns. He's got guns. He's, Therefore he beats got everybody. <laughs> he beats everybody. I think he'd even he he would beat Well, can you machine gun an an, an angel? See, that's the thing. I don't know if he'd beat Angel, but he would be able to beat Memory Man. Well, we've got Jonas the Memory Man beating We do. We Body do. Slam Angel. We do. So Imagine if you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, so I think I think so I think career criminal. Um, I don't know. You don't. I, I, he can't beat well, super legs. So are, so are we letting him have a machine gun in these fights? Well, he has access to them. Because is is that a fight? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but he couldn't beat super legs even with a machine gun. He's not going to beat super legs. He's not number one. No, in he a can't f- swim. No. Therefore, I I think I think. Uh, but can Jonas swim? It's it's not canonically stated. He has the stated. memory of swimmers. True. Therefore, he basically is. The See, Matrix. that's the thing you've got to remember. He's Jonas can remember now. the life of all these people because yeah. <laughs> he's had that given to him by Jeff Bridges. So he knows he knows how to drive a car. Yeah. He knows how to fire a gun. Yeah. So he's also like he has a super the baddie in in Black Widow that he can anticipate all their moves. Yes. He is. He's exactly like Taskmaster. Task yeah. Okay. Um, so let's let's have Jonas, the memory man, yeah, be capable of beating Jr. the career criminal. Yeah, he can beat Jr. the career. Jr. the career criminal. Because so, if Jr. doesn't have a machine, Jr. Gun, the petty criminal, I think. Pe- okay, pe- petty Jr. Petty man. <laughs> petty crime. Jr. the petty criminal. Um, um, I don't. I, <laughs> previously incarcerated. I, JR. <laughs> I I don't think you'd. I don't think he'd win against Body Slam Angel. He wouldn't win against Body Slam Angel. I think Prince Philip. Oh, Prince Philip. No, I think Prince Philip could probably take Jr. If Prince Philip have, can swim. Yeah, if he doesn't have a gun. And Prince Philip would have a sword. Yeah, I'm gonna put Jr. I put Jr. near the bottom. I put him below Oculus. Yeah, you reckon? I think it's ride, save your legs, JR the Petty Criminal. Because he's just a guy and he seems pretty nervous. He does. He doesn't fire that gun a lot. But he's, his plan pays I think off. If, I think if you rushed him... JR's plan pays off in the film, whereas Oculus's plan does not pay off in the film. True. And 
JR the petty criminal will also have a very ornate plan ahead of time he of how will. he's going to win. Clear. All these other guys are just turning up to the fight. He's been doing zippity zappity Ocean's he's Eleven. Ba- he's ba- He's the Batman of this list. So he might be able to outsmart the mirror in a way that Oculus guy couldn't. He could shoot the mirror from afar with his guns. But Blue Lagoon's pretty good at, far- at planning and coming up with ideas as well. No, this guy would be Blue Lagoon. He's older. Yeah, Jay Arthur Pitt- he, Yeah, and he's, and he's just got more oomph to him. He does. Blue Lagoon's in high school. And he's Australian. And he's Australian. Oh, so. yeah. He's definitely beating some Ponzi prince as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. not the demon, not body, not body slam, not demon. body slam angel, or oh sorry, memory yeah, man. body slam angel, God, or memory man, or Jonas S- the memory man, superpower memory man, or super legs. <laughs> super legs is still at the top. Super legs will stay at the top because super legs could just leave <laughs> and then sneak up on you later. But he's got super legs. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> doesn't matter if Jonas can remember the super legs; he's got normal legs. So. <laughs> Okay, so Son of a Gun it would come fourth in the in the battle royale of Brenton's characters. Which we will one day see. Which we will one day make an animated version of. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, if you've been enjoying the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Exceptional Thieves, I think. No, Exceptional Pod on Twitter or Exceptional Thieves on Instagram. Or send us an email with your Brenton facts at ExceptionalThieves at gmail.com. Nothing personal, professional only. If it's personal, we will ignore it. Yeah. And send you back a harshly worded nothing. Yeah. If it's a photo from his personal life, um, I only want to see if I'm in it. In which case, <laughs> fair play. I need more of those. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back next week when we will be talking about, well, there's that Sugar film. Actually, I lied when I said we're done with 2014 because the Sugar film documentary came out in 2014 as well. Uh. So we'll do that, but then also Reuben Guthrie. We might do both of those at once, because I'm not sure. Let's see how long we can talk about a sugar documentary for. We could, we, I bet we could get an hour and a half I out of that. I don't want to watch it at all. <laughs> but I do. Brenton's in it. I know. Isaac. And we are the but world's it's a foremost documentary photographers. I know. We're going to feel bad, aren't we? I know. We're going to, re- we're going to, it's going to, it's going to be weird. It's going to make me want to change behaviors that I'm not able to change. <laughs> and I just don't really have, the emotional bandwidth for that at the moment. But this is the um, the beast we have lashed ourselves to. Indeed. Thank you for listening and, and bye and everything. <laughs>